No sinus infection. Thank you, Jesus. He can, he can heal you right where you are, right here today. He's good. He's a good, good God, and he sees you. And we are excited about my husband coming up to preach this afternoon. I get to introduce my husband. Isn't that special? I love it. I love the man of God he is. I love the um, burning hunger that, for God that he has. And the revelation that's coming out is amazing. And actually today as I was praying for him, I just saw this river just gushing over and, and into the congregation with what he's about to bring this afternoon. So can we honour the wonderful Aaron Demonopoulos? Demonopolis. <laughs> I just have to find out what's the favorite thing your mum used to make? Oh, actually, lasagna. Mum's lasagna was super oily, like properly done. You know what I'm saying? None of this vegan lasagna stuff that's like, you know, made with like eggplant strips and a bit of tomato or something. I don't know. Like, I'm talking about the real thing. We actually, we had my brother's, um, oh, hello, everyone. How are you doing, by the way? <laughs> Just straight in there. Let's talk about food for 20 minutes. No, so I had my brother's 40th. Um, Nathan, he's the eldest in the family. And we went to the Greek club last night, um, or yesterday for, I mean, I'm talking about, like, that is what you call food. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, lamb that falls off the bone, potatoes smothered in butter, olive oil and oregano and everything else. Shouldn't have told you that. You're all going to be thinking about, let's just hurry up, Aaron, let's get to dinner. But it's okay. All right, so are we good? Man, we missed Pastor Catherine and Tom, but they're having a great time. And um, are you guys having a good time? How are we doing? All right, so um, now actually, who here has seen the video of the deaf ear that opened at Voice of the Prophets? Hands up. Uh, that's not many. Can we play that real quick? I know we're kind of getting on with time. I'll just have to preach. Oh, here we go. Yeah, let's watch this real quick. Check this out. talking about a little bit of hearing loss. I, I feel like you, you may have even had um, an operation on your ear that means you can't hear. We've seen lots of those where all the mastoid bones and the, the um, eardrums being removed. Is there anybody here that you've had that, you've had operations and you've got literally no hearing in your ear? Be, yeah, goody. <laughs> Oh, happy day, happy day. He is faithful. He's so faithful. <laughs> now, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> happy day. <laughs> Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. Yes. <laughs> That's fun. Yay. <laughs> Hooray. Hallelujah. Hey, uh, someone want to come talk in his ear? That'd be good. Hey, which one was it? Is this ear? This one here? Is that, was that the ear? Yeah? You tell me what I'm saying in this ear, okay? That's cool, hey? <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Yes, God. 
Sarah. All right, no, that's it. There is thank you, Jesus. How good is that, hey? Let's just thank the Lord for that. Hey. All right, actually, if you've got, heal, you need, if you've got healing in your body, who's got healing? If you need healing in your body, stand up real quick. Really, really quick. Come on, come on. Let's move, people. All right, we thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Just get around them real quick. God, we just thank you that you're a God of miracles, God, that you are healing, just like Beck already released and like we saw in that video right now in the name of Jesus. God, we just release healing over bodies in the name of Jesus. Father, we just release whatever whatever's going on. We rebuke any spirit of infirmity, Father, and we just thank you for healing right now in Jesus' name. Yes, God, more, more, more. Wow. Just receive it right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, Jesus. All right. Amen. Jeez, Jano, I just can't stop. You just like that green shirt standing out. I feel like God's... Who loves Jane Richardson? She's amazing. Wow. I feel like there is upgrades. <laughs> Sounds like a typical word. Stand up for a, real, for a second real quick. Lord, we just thank you. Stretch your hands out to Jane. Oh God, we just thank you in the name of Jesus that you've got big plans for Jane. God, I thank you for the gift that's on her life. And right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we recognize it and we thank you right now in the spirit that there is an upgrade happening in Jesus' name. And we just release that over her, Father, and we thank you for it now. Yes, God. We thank you for the authority in the spirit in Jesus' name to speak truth, God, and to just, yeah, with that, that word of wisdom, I feel like that was released tonight, is totally for you, Jane. Thank you, God, for oracles and wisdom, God, that is just going to cause great things to happen in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. Thank you, God. Wow. Come on. <laughs> That's it. Pastor Barry agrees. Do you, do you guys believe that a word of wisdom from God could stop a war? Hey? What could God do with a word of wisdom? Oh, Shabbat. All right. Well, Lord, let's just pray about the word real quick. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. Thank you for what you want to say to our hearts as we gather around the word. Father, I pray that it will be um, sharp as a two-edged sword. And God, that what you want to say will be heard and said in Jesus' name. And everyone just stretch your hands out to the preacher and say, bless the preacher. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes, more, Lord. <laughs> Woo. All right, are you good, man? I just, just, if you're not good, just shake yourself. Just chill out a little bit. Like life is good, right? God is really good, and He's doing some amazing things. Whew. All right. So today, um, what I want to talk about is a, a sort of a theme that follows on. So, if you've seen the last couple of weeks, we've been you noticed a theme that's been going on, um, and I would notice because I'm here at every single service, um, but and I'm also paying attention to it. But there's been this theme of um, um, like letting go of the old and the old stuff. Like Josh preached amazingly on um, Friday night about let, like letting go of trauma. Apparently there's actually a guy healed of, of childhood trauma on Friday night. Praise God. <laughs> That's a good thing. And there's been this, this theme of like letting things go. And you think it, I think it's interesting when we talk about like what have we been asking the Lord for? Like we're asking for a revival, right? Or we're believing for a move of God. And how many of you know like when you ask God like, like God, make, like give me your power. I want to see you move and I want revival. How does God respond? Well, he usually goes, all right, well, let's look at that thing in your life, right? Have you noticed? Has anyone noticed that or is it just me? It can't be just me. 
two people. There we go. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like when we're like, hey, God, I want, you know, like, use me to do the great stuff. And he's like, okay, well, let's talk about this. It's like when I, when I said to God once, I got a little, like, honest with him. And I was like, God, you could make, like, 10 grand just appear right in front of me if you wanted to. And this was a period in our life when we weren't, you know, doing too well. You know what God said to me? He goes, yeah, I could. But if you want to be blessed, learn how to do a budget. And then I'll give you more. So there's always like a, a response or a partnering with what God has for us to do. Amen. So if we're like, hey, give us more, Lord. We want like, are we willing to like, you know, lay down the things we might need to lay down? Like, what, what's the word? It's like lay the things, like forget about the past because I want to take you higher. Forget about those other things. Like learn to forgive, learn to drop the stuff, right? Because God wants, he needs a people that can carry what he wants to pour out. Does that make sense? So tonight what I want to talk about, I feel like kind of flows on, and to the best of my ability, is inspired by the traits of a mother. Uh, this is my attempt to give us a, a Mother's Day message. And God bless you, mothers. I know we've prayed for you a couple of times. Um, I love my mum. If she's watching, mum, I love you. She's, I had a good mum, I'm telling you, as far as mamas go. Um, but what I want to talk about tonight is actually the idea of love. Because right? how many know, like, a good mama, no one knows how to love, like, a child like a good mother. Amen? Do you guys agree? Like, have you heard that story about the, um, like, the mum who had, a, had a, a son who was a drug dealer, and when they asked how he's doing, she's like, oh, yeah, he's doing great. He's, got it. he's, he's studying in the area of pharmaceuticals. <laughs> it's like the way they, they can just see the potential and the best, Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just warming you guys up. <laughs> so what I, what I want to talk about, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is I believe that what we're going to talk about is a, is a part of what I believe is the re, a part of this refining process that's preparing us to carry more. All right, and so it's this, this idea of the love of God. Now, I've got some slides prepared for you guys because we're going we're to get into some, some scripture pretty heavily for a moment here. So if we can pull up the first one. The first one is John 13, 34 and 35. Okay, now what does it say? I am giving you, now this is Jesus talking, interestingly, just after the Last Supper, right? So he's saying, I am giving you, let's read this together. Can we try that? I don't think we've done this before. I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you too are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. Now, that last bit of the scripture is actually the scripture that Pastor Catherine and Tom based this church on and felt to found this church on, that by this love, that the world would know, that everyone will know that you are my disciples. Now, this is what we call, everyone say new commandment. So this is the new commandment that Jesus gave. So we had the old commandments, right? What were the old commandments? The Ten Commandments? Who knows them? Anybody? Yep, yep. All right. So we've got the old commandments, but then Jesus comes along and what does he do? He brings us the new commandment, all right? You guys with me? Now, when I read this the other day, it stood out to me, or the fact kind of thing that stood out was this is actually a commandment. Has anyone ever noticed that? Like this is New Testament this is, and this is New Covenant, right? And it's, it's actually a command that Jesus gave us. Like, what does it say in the, new in, in the Great Commission? Sorry, let's go to the next one. 
Next slide, if we can have that. All right, so Matthew 28, 9, it says, Therefore go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is the part we usually do, right? But then what does it say in verse 20? Look at this. It says, and teaching them to what? Obey. Obey. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, as surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I think now an interesting part of this emphasis is it's actually like go and make disciples. We, we usually say that, but I've often heard that bit. But it actually, it also says, teach them to obey what I've commanded. Now, what has he commanded us again? That you would love one another. Just as, how? What's the, what's the example? Just as I have loved you. All right, now let's go to the next slide. We're going to jump to Romans 13, 8. Or thir- yeah, 13 verse 8 in the Amplified. Who loves the Amplified? All right, owe nothing to anyone except love and to seek the best for one another. For he who unselfishly, say unselfishly, who, uh, he who unselfishly loves his neighbour has fulfilled the essence of the law relating to one's fellow men. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this statement. What's this statement? You shall love your neighbour as yourself. Verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor. It never hurts anyone. Therefore, unselfish love is the fulfillment of the law. Say that with me. Unselfish love is the fulfillment of the law. All right. Now, who's our neighbor? Right? In Strong's, it actually talks about any other person, irrespective of nation or religion, with whom we live or whom we have a chance to meet. Okay, so what's the main point here? When we obey this one new commandment that Jesus gave us to unselfishly love one another, we are fulfilling the law. Everyone say fulfilling the law. You notice this isn't just an aspect of the gospel, right? You you with me on that? This is actually like the centerpiece of what everything that we do as a Christian is about. Like the whole lot of everything that we're about is love. And it's not just any kind of love, it's the love of God. Are you guys with me? All right, now we're going to go. Oh, it actually says in Colossians 3, 12 through 14, this is interesting. It actually says that love is the thing that holds us together. Let's, let's have a look at this. Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Everyone say clothe yourselves. With compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues. Let's say all these virtues. All right, put on love, which binds them all together. So let's just say this. Love is the glue. All right, love is the thing that puts everything else that we are to do, the way we're to behave, the way we're to act, the way we're to approach, everything we do, love is the glue that keeps it all together. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, so what's, let me try and summarize this for us. God has called each one of us to walk in the supernatural love and make it the central point for everything that we do. Okay, now, would you like the good news? There isn't bad news coming either, by the way. The good news is that it's already inside you. All right? So let's just, let's just remember this. So it actually says in Romans 5, 5, man, we are cooking through these scriptures. All right. Such hope in God's promises never disappoint us. Why? Because, everyone say this, God's love has been, that's an important tense, right? Has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through who? What's the vehicle? Through the Holy Spirit who, ha- who was given to us. 
All right, so say this with me. God's love has already been poured out in my heart. They did it, Dee Dee. She always pays me out for getting you guys to repeat too many long sentences and it gets mushed. All right, now one of the other sentence ways to say that is God's love has been shed abroad in our hearts, right? So it means it's already in you or the capacity, put it this way, the capacity to love this kind of, in some ways, or in a natural sense, this impossible love, the capacity to do it's already inside of you because of who? The Holy Spirit. All right, now, let's go to Hebrews 8.10. Are you okay? We are, we're doing this. Okay, now Hebrews 8.10 is actually a quoting of a prophecy from Jeremiah. Who's heard of Jeremiah? It's verse, or chapter 31, verse 33. And this is actually quoting this in Hebrews. And it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'm going to do what? What's he going to do in the new covenant? I will imprint my laws upon their minds, even upon their innermost thoughts and understanding. And I'm going to engrave them upon their hearts, affecting their regeneration. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So remember, this is like a prophetic picture of what God is saying is going to happen to us in the new covenant when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. Are you with me? All right, so let's try and recap this. God has abundantly poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. He's imprinted the laws upon our minds and engraved them on our heart. And now, all these laws have been also, all these laws that are there have been summed up by one commandment. Remember? What's the commandment? Love one another. Or I love the, the, the version of love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Kind of actually makes it really simple, right? Does it make it simple for you guys? Like you think about it, if you can stay in love or walk in love, you're not actually going to break a commandment. Do you know, it's not possible to be in love and to, you actually, you're, like it's, it's practical, you're actually fulfilling the law when you walk in love. Now the good news is if we do, Full, it's not like the old covenant where we have to kill a bunch of animals and sacrifice. Like there's grace because Jesus did it, right? So be free and relax. It's all good. But there's a profound thought that everything that God, that the life that God has called us to live is encapsulated in this one statement. All right. Now, there's also a quite an interesting verse in 2 Corinthians 5.14. I don't think I have that actually up there. But it's... scripture before the love of Christ one of the translations is the love of Christ constrains us and when I had a look in the amplified it was kind of like compel constrain it was it's sort of both end and I had a look in the Elliot's commentary for English readers and this is what it says have a listen to this it was the apostle's sense of the love that Christ had shown to him everyone say shown to him and to all men that was acting as a constraining power directing every act of every spiritual state to the good of others, also restraining him from every self-seeking purpose. All right, so this is what's already happened, right? This love's in us. So who has ever, like an example of this, who has ever gone to say something they know they shouldn't and had a check for a moment? Yeah, come on, show our hands. Let's get real practical. All right, that's the love of God constraining us. So it's already there. Sometimes, you know, maybe we're not used to listening because we've got our, we're so used to following our head or our emotions, but it's like, when it's just kind of sitting there in a kind of seed form, like it's there, what state it's in, right? 
what level of maturity that love is in is dependent upon use or how much we're growing up with it, right? Does that make sense? So it's there. Everyone say it's there. All right. Now let's quickly try and really define the best way I can what the love of God is because, you know, we're not talking about human love. Does everyone know that? You're with me. There's a lot of versions of it out there, right? What love is, how it looks. But we're going to just try and get as best as we can this biblical version. And there's, a, there's actually four Greek words for love, I believe. The one that all of these scriptures refer to is the word, who knows it? Shout it out. Shout it from the rooftops. Come on. Agape. That's right. Agape. Okay, now I want to just quickly read you guys a, a definition of this. Okay, to the Greeks, opa. All right. Everyone say opa. Come on. <laughs> Proper agape meant, to, meant a general empathy or loving kindness for all people. Though in, the Bible, Christians are in, though in the Bible, Christians are indeed expected to care for all the nature of Christ, Christianity took it a step further. Everyone say it took it a step further. All right, so biblical writers use God as the standard for true agape. Right, so agape love in the Bible is love that comes from God. Love, God's love isn't sentimental, it's part of his character. Right, God's love from an outpouring of who he is. 1 John 4, 8 states, God is love. Agapos, right? Meaning he is the source of agape love. Everyone say God's the source. He's the secret source, right? That adds, <laughs> that makes it all work, right? Amen? Right. So, his love, undeserved, gracious, and sacrificial. We are to love God and others with agape love. Agape is a choice. Interesting. Say, everyone say, agape is a choice. A deliberate striving for another's highest good and is demonstrated through action. Everyone say action. Right? God set the standard for agape's love in sending who? Right, so God set the standard. He set the example of what it looks like by sending Jesus to do what? To die in our place when we didn't deserve it. Right? That's the example. All right, so a couple of key points here for those taking notes. God himself is the standard for biblical love. It's who he is, right? He's the source of love. Agape is a choice, a deliberate striving for one another's or another's highest good demonstrated through action. How many of you know love must have an action? Kind of like faith without works is what? Yeah, like it needs to, it's like, I can't just intend to love people in my brain and live with a good intention, right? It has to have some kind of tangibility to it. All right. So in summary, my best way to describe it is, man, how can I live in a way that serves your highest good? If I'm going to live in agape love towards, and you know, it, it talks a lot about it, doing it between believers, and that's how the world knows, but it's kind of like anyone. So with everyone I approach, if I'm walking in love, I'm going to live with the goal of how do I live with your highest, what does it say? I've got to say, serves your highest good. Can I get an amen? All right, now, my second definition comes from the classic verse. All right, this is the one we read out to a, 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 bride, a bride and a groom to make them feel pressure just before they get married, right? Heaven's like, ooh, good luck, right? Okay, what is it? 1 Corinthians 13. All right, now I love the way the, the, the Amplified, I believe, actually calls it the excellence of love. Right? 
Now remember, we're talking about like, let's def- we're t- defining it. Like, let's give us, oh, here we go. So what does it say? Love, now this is the picture of what it is. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful. It is not jealous or envious. So if we're walking in love, we're not going to be that towards a person, right? Love does not brag and it's not proud or arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. So the whole thing, that word self comes up in the, like, or in the negative so much when you're talking about love. It's got nothing to do with self. It's an outward looking thing, right? And you know, why can we do that? The only reason we can make it all about someone else because God's made it all about us, right? Right? We're only doing what we've received. It's not, we're not starting a new trend, so to speak. You with me? All right, so it is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not, now this one's wild. It does not take into account a wrong endured. Man, see that? I added that. That's Aaron's, that's Aaron's version right there. It does not take into account. So, so if I'm walking in love, I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, let me say that. I'm not going to consider a wrong that has been done against me. Now, outside of the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, that is tough. Can I get an amen? Right. Now, it does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. See, it's not about like just being a pushover, right? Or just staying silent when, when, there's, when there's an injustice, Right? But the way that you do it is everything. And the way you do it determines whether you are doing it in a spirit of love or whether you're partnering with whatever spirit you're kind of fighting with. How many, you guys know what I mean by that, right? Like there's a spirit that you engage with based on how you operate, which you then give influence. Are you with me? So that is the measure or the, you want to talk about plumb, remember when Pastor Catherine talked about plumb lines? That's the plumb line for love, right? Now, verse 7 real quick. Let's pull that up. Okay, so love bears all things regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, and endures all things without weakening. Right? So I want to suggest if you're struggling to bear something, believe, hope, or endure, perhaps you need to ask the Holy Spirit if you're trying to approach that thing outside of the love of God. Because if you're in the love of God, according to the scripture, you will be able to bear it. You're going to be able to believe, you're going to have hope, and you're going to be able to endure without weakening. That's the promise for those that are walking in love. All right, verse 8, real quick. I don't even know if I put it there. Love never fails. Oh, dang. That's the word, right? Everyone say that with me. Love never fails. Okay, agape, God kind of divine love operating and being empowered through the Holy Spirit working through you can never fail. That unselfish, focused on the highest good of everyone around me kind of love cannot fail. You know, the only way that we can ever like, you know, like think about all the craziness that's out there or in our own worlds maybe, right? The only way that you are going to get an outcome that is a win or a victory or a kingdom outcome is if you're operating in love. The moment we step outside of that, we cannot get a kingdom victory until we step back into it. Are you with me? All right, now, 
Let me just give you a real quick example here. So I was listening to um, Kenneth Hagen. Who guys know? Who knows him? I've, I've mentioned him a couple of times recently because I've obviously been listening to him. Um, and he was talking about, he's got this like YouTube series. I think it's called The Victory of, of Love. Or, and he was talking about like this idea of walking in love. And he makes this statement. So he was like a, he tells stories about when he was a young pastor. So I kind of relate. Kind of, it's, it's interesting. I kind of prick my ears up to hear how he did things. And he was saying, he just talked about how he would refuse to speak ill of another pastor or another believer. And he would have all these opportunities to like say something. And, you know, from in a way like well-meaning people and respected people. And they used to say that he actually had some kind of character deficiency because he would refuse to speak ill of another person because he refused, right, to want to step outside of walking in love. And I remember when I heard this, it kind of, you, you guys know when the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, kind of like jolts you a little bit. And I, I realized I was listening to something like, man, like, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not like intentionally walking around slandering you all, okay? Or I'm not, I'm not that, right? But I, I noticed that I just kind of, it just took me back a little bit like, wow, oh man, I, I've, I realized that there was somehow a value in my heart had kind of slipped to a point where it didn't really like sting my conscience to speak about someone you know especially if I was just like a private conversation and or was just by myself or how I would think about a person do you guys know what I'm talking about and I realized it's like again because that's what the word does right when you get the word or when the conviction of the Holy Spirit compared to like the condemnation of the devil it's very different it just kind of like jolted me back into like man I'm actually outside of love here does that make sense because, and you know, it's like, sure, it's, it's cultural and, you know, people do it and you talk about, there's all this language for it, but it's like, well, actually, he just took a stand about what, um, what walking in love looks like and he refused to do it. You know, um, anyway, yes. So, hmm. you know, I've actually felt like, I think the best way I could describe it was it was like a fear of God moment. It's like, man, like it ought to bother me when I speak ill of someone. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like it should, if I'm, a, if I'm a follower of Jesus, like forget about pastor, title, whatever. It's like, if I'm a follower of Jesus and the only commandment he's given me is to love and love will speak no ill of another, it will do nothing against a neighbor. Like it ought to, it ought to, like, it ought to cause something in me, right? Right? And it really challenged me that, you know, getting my definition of love and how to walk as a believer needs to come from the Word of God, not from the popular culture, you know, or like what's the loudest opinion right now? Do you guys, do you guys hear what I'm saying? Man, like what Pastor Catherine talks about, it's like it's the plumb line. And, you know, it's like I heard a, a great um, quote um, on Instagram, and it was like, you know, great moves of God don't come because of some great new revelation. It's because someone takes seriously what's been there the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like, what would happen if at the very top of our prayer list was the person that's wronged us the most? Like, what would happen to the atmosphere? We're partnering with love, right? Now, I'm going to get to this, all right, because this is the big thing. So I've said all this stuff. It's like, great. 
And some of you might be feeling like, yeah, thanks, feel awesome or feel terrible or whatever. It's like, but so this is the thing. I've talked about all this. It's already in you, the whole thing. We know it, like, theologically, it's all there, right? But how do you actually do it? Does, there, does anyone ever ask that question? That's like my number one question. Whenever I hear a preacher or I hear someone like, like, I, I know, I get the idea, but it's like, how do I actually do it? Like, what does it look like nine to five? Like, what's it going to look like tomorrow morning when I wake up? You guys with me? Now, I'm going to give you guys throw out real, two obvious ones real quick, and then I want to, like, just land on the last point. So the first one was our love. Well, let me say, let me read this. Our love for others will grow out of God's love for us. Right now, Pastor Catherine preaches this all the time. God's love that's currently inside of you, right, has the capacity to and desire to grow. The more you understand and receive how much God has unselfishly loved you, right, the more you will have the ability to love others the same way. Does that make sense? All right, now the second one. Apply the word of God, renew your mind, be transformed. Are you with me? So this is what I've already done. I've already, um, since being challenged by this, because let me just say, if I'm preaching it to you, it's because God, who do you think God's challenging with this right now? Yeah, it's not like you guys all need to get it together. Like this is what God's talking to me about. So I've got my 1 Corinthians 13, 4 verse or through 8. I've put it up on my little, um, my closet drawer. So every time I walk past it, I'm saying it now. Now, what am I doing? Remember, it's not, now, can I just say something about declarations? I love Steve Buckland's quote. He says, you're not going to have something just because you say it, right? It's not some robotic thing. It's just like, well, I got to just say that and then it's going to turn everything good. Like, no, it's like, but saying it is necessary to having it, right? But it's the declaration partnered with what? Faith, right? Which is the belief that what, like what God's word says is true. And that as I do that in relationship, because everything has to be in relationship with Holy Spirit, right? That's why it's not a formula. Has anyone said it's like, well, so you might say, it's like, well, how do I act in love in this, in this scenario? Well, how do I do it in this scenario? The only way you're going to know is through the Holy Spirit, right? Because you're asking, well, Holy Spirit, what does it look like to love this person? Maybe you have no ability to actually meet up and, and talk or whatever. It's like, well, maybe they can be someone that you just pray for like they're your own child. Or maybe there's someone, does that make sense? You with me? All right. So the declaration partnered with faith in the context of relationship with the Holy Spirit. But then this last one, how are we doing? All right, so this one is the one I feel like is the one that God's really been highlighting to me the most. In, so how do, I, how do I walk out this love of God or walk in the love of God, so to speak? This one is called, well, I'm going to say it's keeping a soft heart. All right, now, so now do you guys know, um, let me just give you Aaron's definition of this. All right, it's a tenderness towards God. Say tenderness. A tenderness towards God and others and a sensitivity of heart, just like I spoke about earlier, right, where I'm quick to recognize when I'm outside of love, right, and I'm actually able to, like, get back in really quickly. Because, you know, it's not about, if you're hearing, I need to be perfect, I need to be perfect, that's not what I'm saying. That is not what it's, what what I'm talking about is what I'm about to say right now. I believe the keys to a soft heart is these three things. And there could be more, but I believe these three things. Number one, that you are quick to repent, you're quick to forgive, and you're quick to believe. Say that with me. Quick to repent, quick to, <laughs> quick to forgive, and quick to believe. Now, let's just quickly go through these. 
So quick to repent, right? This means, what does this look like? It means the moment you realize. Now, it doesn't matter how long it takes, all right? Because remember, we're under grace, right? We're under a good covenant with a good God. But what we're talking about is growing up into the standard and goal of what Jesus has called us into, right? So the moment you realize that you've stepped outside of love, you run right back to the Father and repent quickly, right? And if there's someone you've wronged, then you go to them really quickly and repent as well. Now, what would happen if we would do this? It's interesting. I've been practicing that this week, right? And the best place to practice is where? At your house, <laughs> right? Believe it or not, occasionally I can like step outside of love at home. I mean, honestly, I actually think that is like the, the, the pinnacle battleground. If you can walk in love at home like, and, and nail it there, I think you've got a good chance everywhere else. Do you know what I'm talking about? But I've been actually like practicing it this week and it's not about feeling bad about it. Again, like it's like, like, it should actually kind of make you go like, wow, thank you, God, that I've actually, there is forgiveness, right? Like, where would we be if there wasn't? Right? And it's, it's not about, like, it's not a gospel of, no, but it's, but it's getting sensitive to like, man, I'm not going to stay in unrepentance when I'm, when I'm aware, when the sins, when I'm aware that I've walked outside of love and I'm walking in a, um, or under the influence, really, of a different way of operating, it's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that because that's not good for me. How many of you agree it's not good for you, right? All right, now the second one. Actually, no, I need to say this. So, because what happens when we actually repent, right? What are are we doing? We're changing our minds. That's right now. The act, though, I believe is actually a posture of humility, right? Now, what what does humility do? The Bible says actually three places that I found that God resists the proud but what does he do to the humble? All right, so the act of humility, especially on a regular basis, releases grace. Now, what is grace? It's not just, it's unmerited favor, right? It's also can be translated the enabling power of God. Say enabling power of God. All right, so when I stuff up or when I'm walking outside of love, right, a way we keep it clean and we keep our heart sensitive is I'm going to quickly repent. And guess what happens? God's grace is attracted to that humility, which then is empowering me to go and live better than I was before. A lifestyle of repentance. All right. And again, do you think like how many times can, will God forgive you? Like it's uncomfortable, right? Because <laughs> it's not our kind of love. It's the two sides of the coin. Like, it's an uncomfortable amount. It's like he is, and that, that's kind of going to get into my other point there. But all right, but you understand. So when we repent, we access or we walk in humility, which accesses grace, which empowers us to live better. Does that make sense? All right. A lifestyle of humility attracts God's empowering grace to be activated in our life. And it denies the enemy a place of influence. Just like with forgiveness, right? Everyone say quick to forgive. So the longer I stay in unforgiveness, well, let's say this, the longer we stay in unforgiveness, the longer we're allowing the enemy a place of influence, right? Does that make sense? Why is that, why is that true? It's because you're playing by his rules. You've adopted his spirit. Or how does like the, God and the enemy are empowered by human agreement because the authority was given to man, right? So if we, if we empower, if we agree with God, we empower Love, we empower grace, we empower mercy. If we agree with the devil, it's like, no, I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to hold on to it. 
I'm going to let that thing eventually, what happens? Is that, that, that can turn into bitterness, hard-heartedness. It means like it stops, you stop sensing that like I'm outside of love. Does that make sense? Remember we're talking about a soft heart, quick to forgive. And guess who in my family is the slowest to forgive? <laughs> right? Because I like to take some time. I'm just going to separate myself from this situation for a little while. I'm just going to like, you know what I mean? But I'm learning because we, we all got our stuff, right? But I'm learning, man. Because we're talking about like a soft heart. Because I want, I want to see God move, right? And he'll move anyway. But I want to be a part of it. I want to be on the front row and I want to watch it. And I want to see God do what he's doing. And when I pray and ask for it, he's like, okay, Aaron, let's talk about forgiveness. Let's talk about staying in love, right? Let's keep a soft heart. All right. <sighs> mm. Quickly letting it go. You know, sometimes it's as simple as a decision. I know like there is like encounters that cause you to see how much God loves you in that, but sometimes it's also there's this like practical element. It's like, you know, sometimes you just got to decide. It's like, you know, no, it's not okay for me to like speak ill of another, treat someone else badly. It's just not okay. And I know I can't do it on my own, but that's when I get into that prayer closet, again, in relationship with Holy Spirit. You don't just read a bunch of rules and laws and find it hard, like just try and figure it out and do it in your own strength. It's not going to work, right? But we get in that closet with the Lord. It's like, Holy Spirit, like, man, when it's happened, I'm sorry. But then, this is my last point. What, did I, what was the last one I said? Who can remember? Quick to believe. This is, this is the part. Remember, soft heart. You don't go wallowing in your sin. Like, if you're sorry, be really sorry and mean it. It's got to be sincere, right? But we don't wallow. Because, you know, what does the Bible say? That God is what? He's faithful and just to do what? What do we have to do? We've got to actually repent. We've got to bring it to him, right? When we come repentant, his desire, I would actually say his pleasure because he is this agape love that is unselfish and completely good. He's, he's just waiting to do it. So, ah, quick to believe. Quickly, gratefully, joyfully receive God's love and forgiveness and keep going. Everyone say, keep going. I'm telling you, like people might take a while to forgive you and that's okay. You let them do their thing, but God doesn't. He's not like a human. He will instantly forgive you and you can be restored back to walking in love immediately, in a moment. And it's uncomfortable, right? But if that's what's good, it's the good news, right? It's the gospel. Now, so keeping our hearts soft and free. Let's say that. Keep our hearts soft and free. Mm. Amen. I'm telling you, if we can be people that keep our hearts soft and free and determine, you know, decide what the standard is and what we are going to determine to grow up into in the context of relationship with Holy Spirit, I honestly believe that God's going to entrust us with a move of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen. There's a partnering that we do with this. Can I get an amen? You know, interesting, this is my last, I'm just going to finish with this as a, just a quick side note is, so Kenneth Hagin, he, he I believe, so he was like, as a 16-year-old, I think he was really sick and then God healed him. He got, he got this revelation scripture and then for the rest of his life, he walked in divine healing. Right? He said, he said, except for when I had the spirit of stupid on me and I ate something that my wife said wasn't good anymore and I got a tummy ache. 
and then I would repent and then get healed. That's wild. So this guy is like he lived in divine healing. Guess what he says the key is? Walking in love. He wasn't talking about like it's how you get a healing and like if I'm not walking in love, God can't heal me. Like don't get weird about it. But talking the consistency of life, there was, in his words, the thing that caused him to walk and live in divine health his whole life was walking in love. And he would say the moment he knew that he was outside of God's love, he would run back in. And he would run to the person he'd, he'd done something to and he would ask for forgiveness. I'm saying like, what is possible? This isn't just about like living in a way in a posture towards God. I'm telling you like, I'm convinced this is the way to live. Because I'm learning it's kind of the key to living free and light. And it's actually like when we let go of the things we were never meant to hold and never designed to, man, I'm telling you, you get free and you get really happy and you end up, here's the thing, we, get, we end up really impacting the world around us. You with me? All right, you 